Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. We'll start in Genesis chapter 3. Right now, you know the story. God creates Adam and Eve. He puts them in this beautiful garden. He says, you can eat of all the trees in the garden. There's just one rule, one tree you cannot eat of. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, blessing and calamity. The day you eat of that tree, everything changes and you're going to die. You're going to die because you eat of that tree. So they eat of the tree. And when they do, literally, the world turns upside down. It really does. Uh, They bow their knee to Satan. And when they do, they become subservient to Satan. They literally become Satan's slaves or subjects. In, In Psalms 8, it says this, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. And you have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. And you've put everything under his feet. So when God made Adam and Eve, he made them literally his under rulers. He gave them authority over everything on earth. They had authority. That's why in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Satan is called the God of this world. Now, not God with a big G, but God with a little G. And what he did is he took, Satan took Adam and Eve's authority, their position, and they became subservient to him. Job said, you've stripped me of my glory and you have taken the crown from my head. And that is what Satan did in the fall. And when, when man sinned, not only did sin come in the world, but death, sickness, disease, war, pestilence, famine, prejudice, every bad thing you can think of came in with Satan. So Adam and Eve, they sinned. And then God comes, God's looking for them, right? And, and you may be far from God today, but let me just tell you, if you are, God's looking for you. And they hear God, the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Every day, God would show up and God would walk with Adam and Eve. They would talk, they'd have fellowship, they'd enjoy their time together. And literally they walked with God every day. But now they've sinned. And so Adam and his wife, the Bible said, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So they're hiding from God. And by the way, it doesn't work. But they're hiding from God. And God calls to Adam and he says, where are you? And, And Adam says, well, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, before they sin, Every day they walk with God, they talk with God, they're friends of God, they enjoy fellowshipping together. But now, once sin came in, they're afraid and they're hiding from God. Something happened on the inside. That part of them that had fellowship with God, that part of them died. That part of them was ripped apart and they're no longer in right relationship with God. And now they're afraid of God. They're hiding from God. This is the truth. If somebody has to drag you to church, it's because you're not right with God. You're, you're, you're afraid of God. You don't want to be around God. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. Once they sinned and they were cut off from God, they weren't in right relationship with them. They're afraid and they're hiding. And if you come out of obligation, like I got to do this, pay my dues to God, or somebody's got to drag you here, 
you need to get right with God. You, there needs to be a change in your life on the inside. So God says, where are you? And he's, well, I'm, I'm hiding. I'm afraid. And God said to him, who told you you were naked? Who told you? I want you to listen. We believe a lot of things that God never told us. I want to ask you, who told you that you're a loser? Who told you that you'll never succeed in life? Who told you that you can never have peace? Who told you you'll never be forgiven? Who told you to divorce your spouse? Who told you to commit adultery? Who told you you could never be free? Who told you you could never have a new life? Who told you that you will always be on the bottom and never succeed? You know who told you? The devil told you. The devil told you. But God speaks to you. He speaks to you in his word and God has a different message for you. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Now, when Adam and Eve bowed their knee and sinned, became subservient to Satan, he literally thought he had won. He thought, this is it. I've got control of this earth. I've got control of humanity for eternity. But God immediately messes with the devil. Right? And this is what God said. He said, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. And he will bruise or crush your head and you'll bruise his heel. Now, God said immediately to the devil, he gave him an exceterin headache. He, the, the devil has been taking exceterin ever since. Right? He said, there is somebody who's coming that is going to be the seed of the woman. And he's going to conquer you. He's going to bring victory to man. He's going to regain what was lost today and literally put fear in Satan's heart. Do you realize that Satan and demons are fearful? When Jesus was on earth, this is what demons cried out. They said, have you come to torment us before the time? They were, they're fearful. See, because they realize why Jesus came. 1 John 3, verse 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came. Different translations, I love this one. Say this, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to undo, destroy, loosen, dissolve the works the devil has done. Another translation this is to break up the works of the devil, to put an end to the works of the evil one, to bring to naught the works of the devil. I love this one. For this purpose, the Son of God came to earth, the express purpose of liquidating the devil's activities. Oh, how many ever seen a liquidation sale? Going out of business. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to liquidate the works of the devil, right? So what happened is this, through what the seed of the woman, that's Jesus, did, he came and he crushed Satan's head at Calvary. He took, the Bible tells us in Colossians, Satan's authority and he brought him to naught. By the way, that means zero. He brought him down to zero. Right? So Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, when we say saved, somebody says, what does that even mean? And, and it really means a lot of things. Right? Um, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, I preached a series of messages called 58 things that happen to you when you get saved. Right? But you're forgiven. You're made new on the inside. 
but you are translated, the Bible says, from the kingdom of darkness, Colossians 1.13, into the kingdom of the son of his love. I love the living Bible here. It says, for he rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. He took us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, the devil tries to tell you that things were good in his kingdom. Like the children of Israel, they, 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 they're out, in the promise, out of Egypt, they're on their way to the promised land. God rains bread down from heaven every single day. He gets a cloud over them so they've got air conditioning, all right? At night, they got a nightlight. The cloud turns into a pillar of fire. He has water coming out of a rock. He brings them quail to eat. And this is what they say. Oh, we want to go back to Egypt because we used to eat onions and garlic. Like that's good. You know, and they're not remembering that they were slaves, that they were being whipped, that they were being oppressed, that they were crying out to God. The devil tries to tell you your life before Christ was good. Let me remind you, you woke up in the morning, went over the toilet and puked. It was not good. The worst day you have in the kingdom will be better than the best day you ever had serving the devil. His kingdom is a kingdom of darkness and gloom. But he brings you into the kingdom of the son of his love who said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You have a new life, a new Lord, part of a new kingdom. In Acts chapter five, the angel said to the apostles, go and stand in the temple and tell the people all the words of this life. One translation says this new life, all right? You're part of the kingdom of God and he came to give you an abundant life. Second Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature, a new creation. One translation says a brand new species of being that never was before. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when you become a Christian, something inside passes away and something inside becomes new. See, what part of you becomes new? Well, it's not your body. If you, if you become a Christian and you're 50 pounds overweight, bad news is you still need a diet. <laughs> Call Jenny Craig. All right. Number two, it's, it's not your mind. You still can have stinking thinking, right? That's why Caroline Leaf is coming next week to help you with your stinking thinking. How many know that most of our problems are in between our ears? All right. She's going to help us out. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. All right. But what part of you become new? You become new on the inside, in your heart, literally in your spirit. You become a new person. I was brought up in church. All right. I went to church, but I hated church. I hated Sunday. I mean, Sunday, we could not watch TV or ride our bikes or go out of the yard. And we had to go to church twice, right? And it was boring. I mean, it may have been really good, but it just never penetrated, all right? I ne- it, never, it never took, all right? And, and we'd, we'd, you know, at home, we'd have our meal and then we'd read the Bible and I'd just, all right? And after church, my dad would go in the living room and he'd put on WFUR, right? Some of you don't remember this, but the, 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 well, we had this, this thing in the living room. It was a... TV, record player, and an AM, FM radio. I remember all that, the big thing. Yep, you're all old people, all right? Now you have more than that on your phone, 
All right. Serious. All right. But he go in there and he crank on WFUR. I remember going in my bedroom, taking my pillow, putting it over my ears and going, I hate this song. I hate this music. I hate this music. All right. I didn't like the music. I didn't like the Bible. I didn't like church. I didn't like the pastor. I didn't like anybody who went to the church. I think I covered it all. All right. Didn't like it. I'm 20, 20 years old. Been to church all my life. Don't like any of it. I get saved. Now, this is what happened. I get saved. Nobody said anything to me. But all of a sudden, I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to smoke. I didn't want to run around. And all of a sudden, I want to read the Bible. I want to go to church. I want to worship God. And I want to hang around Christians. You say, what happened? I became new on the inside. Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. See, he makes you a new, he gives you a new want to her when you get saved. You see, before you're saved, you want to sin. After you're saved, you don't want to. After you're saved, you, you want to spend time with God. You want to worship God. You want to be around Christians. You want to read your Bible. You want to grow spiritually. You become a brand new person on the inside. Now, once you become saved, what are you supposed to do? Well, listen, this is the first thing that happens. Jesus talked about it, Matthew 28. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Acts 2, Peter preaches the first sermon. The people say, what do we do? Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Acts chapter 10, Peter's preaching at Cornelius' house. The Holy Spirit falls. He commanded them to be baptized. Commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now, if you have not been baptized since you believe, I command you to get water baptized because it is not some religious ceremony, right? Water baptism is a spiritual reality. Water baptism is a confession. It's an exit. It's a burial. It's a barrier. It's an answer. It's an identification. And it is a promise of God for more. Listen to Romans 6, verse 3. Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? When you get water baptized, you're saying, Jesus went to the cross. He took me there. He died and he was buried. And I am identifying with him. And I'm saying I was buried with him. Now, listen. Romans 1 verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it, the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel. Listen, 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 don't clap. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. Not what Jesus did. He went to the cross. All right. And when he went to the cross, there was power. There was, it was a spiritual reality, but the gospel is the message of what Jesus did and the message of what Jesus did. It is the power. In other words, when you believe the gospel, the exact same power that was in the event is released to you. When you believe the message, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And the Bible says when we get water baptized, we are baptized into his death. Well, that's good, but it gets better. Fourth verse, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. We're buried with him in baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus died when was buried, but the power of God 
took that dead body and raised him up alive. And he came out to live by the power of God. And in the same way, when somebody gets water baptized, they go under. But when they come up, the power of God is present on their life. And it is present to live in newness of life. Water baptism, it's a barrier. They came, the children of Israel come out of Egypt. They come to the Red Sea. First Corinthians chapter 10 says they're all baptized under Moses in the sea and under the cloud. So they're about to go into the water. Moses has extended the rod. The water opens up and the Bible says it's baptism. All right. And this is what Moses said. The people that you see today, your enemies you see today. He said, you will see them no more again forever. Because the children of Israel went through the water. But when the enemy tried to come through the water, they were drowned and they were not able to come through. And by faith in water baptism, you leave everything that's trying to pursue you. You leave the lust, the unforgiveness, the gambling, the bondage, the sin, the drugs, the alcohol, the pornography, the cigarettes, the temper, the gossip, the addiction. You leave it by faith in that water and come up to live in newness of life. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us.